Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders. In addition, I've written a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are and you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. The paperback and ebook versions are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to not only those individuals that want to get in this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name, each week. I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. We talk a lot about being efficient in this business, and that has certainly been a consistent topic here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. Our next guest takes efficient to a new level as he has spent the majority of his entire career overseeing multiple properties, including working in nine different leagues. I'm excited to have Frank Maselli, SVP of Revenue and Franchise Operations for Spurs Sports and Entertainment. Frank, welcome to the show. Travis, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored and humbled to be uh, part of your podcast. No, I certainly appreciate it. And Frank, it's going to be great catching up and, and great to have you. I'm very excited for you to share your story and certainly walk through your illustrious career. And I know our listeners are probably curious right now about all the leagues and teams you've worked with in your entire career. So I'm going to try to hit on those real quick. You've worked in your career with the San Antonio Spurs, the San Antonio Rampage, San Antonio Stars. Austin Spurs, San Antonio FC, Philadelphia Flyers, Philadelphia Phantoms, Bowie Bay Sox, Delmarva Shorebirds, Frederick Kings, and the Philadelphia Wings. And I'm, uh, I'm getting out of breath, but I believe that's <laughs> nine leagues. That's all come with you just working in two locations as well in Philadelphia and San Antonio. So I guess first question, Frank, what are some of those similarities when it comes to the business end across all of those different leagues? Yeah, you know, Trav, I, I feel very fortunate to have worked for two of the greatest companies in sports and entertainment with Comcast Spectacore and now with Spurs Sports and Entertainment. And, you know, when you look at the similarities, regardless of what league, what level, you know, the first thing you always think about is you've got to create a, you know, customer first fan experience at, at whatever team you're working for. Like the customer has always got to come first because we all need fans if we're going to su- succeed in any way. Um, you know, then you, you have the ability of you have to drive revenue, whatever that is. And that's kind of where you and my background kind of merge, you know, it, it's and, and yeah, the, the, the zeros at the end of the number may change depending on if you're at the pro level or the minor league level. But it, nonetheless, you still have to drive revenue um, regardless. You know, the other thing is the creativity you need, whether that's 
creativity in your pricing, creativity in your benefits, creativity of your promotions, whatever that is, you that that has got to be a staple regardless of what league, um, what level you're in. And then, you know, the the kind of the obligation at whatever level you're in as a leader, you have the obligation to grow your people. Um, I've always viewed that as one of the most important things. And I've been fortunate enough to be at some minor league levels where you take on bright, young, energetic, passionate people and give them tools to do their job and grow them. And and then you get to see where they end up in their career at, because, you know, a, any leader worth their salt, you want to make sure that you're investing in your people so they can fulfill their dreams. Right. You know, I, I, you, any of us who've gotten to a, a decent level, um, none of us would have gotten here without the help and mentorship of many other people who took us under their wing or gave us the ability to grow and challenge us and give us more responsibility. And so when you find those type of people, um, I think that's an obligation you have regardless of what level you're at. Absolutely. You talked about early on, you know, control what you can control. And that, that is that customer experience, no matter what you're selling, no matter what team or league you're a part of. And, you know, I'm glad you hit on people and the right people. And I know, Frank, you and I have talked a lot about just surrounding yourself with great people. So quick advice for the listeners throughout your journey, you've been around a lot of very successful people and have hired a ton of great talent as well. What are some of those key characteristics you're always looking for, regardless of what role or league that they're going to be working in? Yeah, that's a terrific question, Trav. And, you know, I, I always start with um, you try to hire character, values-based people, um, people of humility. Um, listen, it, I came up through the sales and marketing side, and so you, you've got to check your ego at the door if you're in the sales world because you're going to hear no and have doors and phones slammed slammed on you quite a bit. And it's how you respond to all of that and how you utilize the, the wins that you get and how you respond to those type of things. Um, I've always liked people with positive attitudes. Um, you know, this is, as you know, this is a tough industry we're in. You know, we work when everybody else plays. Right. Lots of nights, lots of weekends. You know, we know the drill. So it becomes a bit of a lifestyle. And having that the right attitude, whether your team is on the in first place or last place, but trying to drive that great fan experience and wanting to connect with your fans and your and your colleagues and your the yep. people you work with 12, 15 hours a day on a game day. Right. You know, you've got to have that the right frame of mind because nobody wants to be around miserable people. You want to be around fun people that are, yeah, they're working hard, great work ethic, they're grinding, but they're also, they, they have a sense of humor. They know that they're, we can be in this together. And I, I guess the biggest thing, again, from my background uh, from athletics, team players, to me, it, it's probably, you know, other than values and character and integrity, being a team player is so important in this industry because you need to, to pick up each other all the time. Uh, it happens on game nights. It happens... Um, when you're when you're doing seminars for your clients, um, whatever it is, you need team effort in everything you do. And I've always found that people who play team sports in this industry have, turn out to be some of the best leaders in this industry. Yep. No, absolutely. And Frank, I think one of the common things we've always talked about, again, goes back to control what you can control. You can tr control your positive attitude, being a team player and everything you're doing. And so absolutely great, great advice. And Frank, so as you sit in your chair today at Spurs Sports and Entertainment, you're responsible for all sales operations for the San Antonio Spurs and all business operations for the Austin Spurs of the G League and the San Antonio FC of the USL. So Frank, just give the listeners a glimpse of your day to day. 
yeah. Well, it, it changes quite a bit based on need, you know, like everyone. But, um, you know, our leadership team, uh, which I'm fortunate enough to be a part of, we meet uh, twice a week. We meet every Tuesday and Thursday under R.C. Buford's leadership. And, you know, we try to tackle like longer vision type things um, generally. Um, and, and then if there's any things that you need some real decisions on currently, you know, we try to focus on some of those things. But the one thing we always talk about, um, and then I do with my direct reports as well, I always start with people. How are our people doing? You know, who's doing really, really well? Who, you know, even down to the lowest person on the, on the, in the company, if somebody's doing something really good, I'd like to know about it. I'd like to write them a handwritten note, send them an email, stop by their desk when we're all back working, all those type of things. Give them a pat on the back. Let them know. Like I think about, you know, when I was one of those rank and file people, what was important to me? And I always thought it was great. Like when, when a, a big boss would come by and say, hey, I heard you made a really great sale or boy, what a great marketing idea that was. God, it just lifts you, it carries you for weeks, you know, that someone really realized that. And so I, I look and say, I knew how I like to be treated. And so I always said, I'm going to try to make sure I do that as often as I can for our people. Because the one thing I know is all those people who are out there, sometimes they feel they're just anonymous people just grinding it out. Yep. Um, but I can tell you, they all want the, the leadership of an organization to know they're working really hard and they really care uh, about what they do. And so when you can recognize that, you know, either formally or even informally, it means a great deal to them. So we start a lot of our meetings um, around people. How are people? And then are there any people struggling? Um, right. Yeah, on you know, both ends, positive and negative. Exactly. And, and, and whenever I hear someone might be struggling, my first question to the, the, whoever their direct report is, okay, tell me what you're doing to help them. Like, I just don't want to hear you. They're, they're not getting this done. They're not getting that done. Well, what are you doing to help them? That's part of our job right. because we hired them in the first place. So we saw something good in these folks. Yep. And so, you know, as a leader, what are you doing to get people to the next level? And that's a responsibility. So, you know, going through that, I, I'm a big report guy. I get reports um, on every everything we could measure each morning. Thank we've got an incredible analytics team that they get delivered right to my inbox each yep. day. So I spend a good amount of time going through those reports. And then I fire off questions um, or comments to some people uh, around that. So, you know, and then, you know, my direct report meeting is very important to me. Um, and then I, I always check in with them is, all right, where, where else can I help you? Yep. Tell me where you need me. And it may be, hey, we have a, a really big client pitch today. It'd be great if you could be in there. Their CEO is going to be in there. If you could tee it up for us answer questions that they may have about any of the leagues. Um, you know, some, a lot, quite frankly, we get a lot of people who may, let's say we're pitching somebody a sponsorship deal for uh, SAFC. Well, that person may have a lot of questions about the NBA or the G League or whatever. And so uh, our folks use me a lot to answer questions about our entire business operations uh, across for a lot of what you're doing, similarities, differences, things like that. So um it chews up the day pretty good. And then, of course, league meetings. You know, right. when, you're, when you're in this many leagues, you're on a lot of committees and leagues. And so oh, uh, and I've yeah. always enjoyed that because I learn a great deal from everybody else in the league as well. 
Absolutely. Well, Frank, you know, obviously a very busy day, a lot of moving pieces. I think one of the things that, that you know, I want to address on that end is you kind of early on. It's all about recognition, people going above and beyond for people. And, you know, that's why I've always appreciated about, uh, about you. When I worked at the league office, I remember coming down and spending a couple of days with you and your team. And it wasn't a week later. I had a handwritten note in my office in New York from you. Um, and I think that goes a long way. So advice for listeners, Advice for anybody, whether it be leaders or sales team members, like handwritten cards, those little things that nobody else is doing. They're going to go such a long way to show your support and your appreciation for people. Yeah, and you know the other part, Trav, and, and, and you referenced something that I'm, I'm still very appreciative of. You know, we all do our best to, to teach our people, to train our people, to go through all that. Um, but it's really, really nice when you can ask someone, an expert like yourself, to come down and and you you fly down, you come down, you set up a whole curriculum, you spend a few days doing that, and they can hear from another voice other than the voice they hear every day who's been successful, who's been – and you, you were kind enough to do that, and we were always grateful um, for people to do that. And we've asked several different people to do that in different disciplines. And, again, I, I think um, when you look at it, um, you, you, we're all not experts at everything. Right. So we all have our strengths and we all have our gaps. And so how can you utilize your network to fill in those gaps, but then be very, very grateful for doing, for the people who are doing that. Yep. And, and we've always looked at that. I think, and you know, it, it's kind of you to say what we did, what I did, um, but that would have happened with anybody in our organization. We're very, very grateful for the, the help that we get from others. Um, and we're big on calling other people. Like, yep. you know, we've always looked at things, whatever success we've had or failures we've had, how do we learn from others who are doing it better? Um, yep. So we have an awful lot of league calls. Um, and, and again, the NBA is such an incredible, um, you know, community. You can call anybody at any right. league, any team, and they're so willing to help. And, you know, certainly, uh, you know, my time in Philadelphia uh, was so well spent. I have such great friends there. And they've done such an incredible job there. Um, and then when I look at what I inherited when I got to San Antonio, you know, blessed beyond belief to have, you know, people like Joe Clark and Tim Salier, Mike Setzer, Ryan Snyder. You know, I, what I inherited is just incredible people who are so good at what they do. Yep. Um, certainly made my job a heck of a lot easier. I'll tell you that. Yeah. No, and I, and I appreciate the kind words, Frank, and certainly, you know, some of those names you just mentioned, to your point, like, that's why I think Spurs Sports and Entertainment have been able to, you know, retain some of your top talent for so long, because you do go above and beyond for people at all times. And so, now, into your career, you've also, and we're going to get into the Philly aspect as well, but, you know, certainly in San Antonio, you've been a part of acquiring and, and selling franchises, you know, most recently with the San Antonio Rampage of the AHL and the San Antonio, uh, you know, WNBA team. And so, what has been a good memory when it comes to whether it be buying or selling franchises you know in that experience yeah well yeah we i've been on both sides uh quite a bit in both both worlds um you know i i think back to a really really fun experience um in philadelphia when um peter luco uh who was a mentor a leader a, a guy i certainly wouldn't be where i am without i can i can tell you that who, who said, called up one day and said, hey, we're, we're going to take a look at maybe buying three minor league baseball teams, and I'd like you to come on this due diligence trip with us. And I said, okay, boy, that sounds exciting. Great. So we, we went down, we met with the, the owner, asked a ton of questions, and then, you know, about a month later, we got a, he calls me up and said, hey, we got them. They accepted our bid. And I said, oh, my God, this is so great. And he goes, 
well, yeah, it's going to be really great because you're going to be running them. <laughs> uh, oh, what? Holy cow. Here we go. Yeah. And so I think back to that process. We, we went to the baseball winter meetings that year that were in Nashville, and we still hadn't owned the teams. We were kind of in the transition period. The winter meetings were in early December. We made settlement on the three teams January 3rd. Opening day was April 8th. And, and we had three teams, and he said, okay, turn them into Comcast Spectacore teams in three months and make it happen. Yeah, the 100-day sprint. Let's go. And, and you know what? And, again, that's the power, you know, Comcast Spectacore, that, that memory I had, was um, the whole machinery, how much everybody helped. Yep. You know, our HR department, our PR department, our marketing department, all our sales department, our, every, everybody in the entire company um, really stepped up. And again, helped me um, run those things, but it wasn't me. It was everybody. It was the whole machine that really made that work. But, you know, getting through that, it was kind of like when we were living through it, it was agony. It was really, really difficult. We all said, like, someday we'll laugh about it. And and, But but I look back on that challenge in memory and say, boy, that was the ultimate in collaboration to make it happen. And we made it happen. You know, we got the reopening days and – here we are. We're owning these teams. We own them for eight years. Um, turn them into something pretty good. End up selling them again. Yep. Um, you know, eight years later. But it, what an experience that was um, from from the sprint to go do the due diligence to actually purchasing to then running them yeah. um, for eight years was was an experience I'll never forget. Um, you know, on the selling side, um, I think back to you know it, it's always tough because when you sell a franchise, you have to you know, you lose some good people in those, yep. but, but you have to never forget that these entities are, are also a business. Um, and, and as hard as you work at them and as much success as you had, they're very, very fragile um, year to year. And so I look back when we sold our WNBA franchise, um, you know, I was our lead person from, from the Spurs side, Spurs sports and entertainment side. And at the time, Lisa Borders, um, was leading the WNBA. And, you know, I had worked with Lisa a little bit, but to, to make this sale happen, I was on calls with her two hours a day, Non-stop. 11 o'clock at night, everything, just making this happen, talking about leads, who do we have, making it happen. It, it was really quite an experience because I thought she was a really terrific leader and a great woman um, who I didn't know very well. But in that, I don't know, six to eight week period, uh, we went through. Um, I really yeah, got you know to her really her. well. Yeah, and, and I thought that was also a great experience from the selling side, despite um, the ultimate of having to let some really, really talented people go because we didn't right. own the franchise any longer. No, absolutely. You know, Frank, we, we mentioned early on in this podcast just the the value of efficiency, and you know, as the, as the listeners are sitting here listening, they're probably thinking, "Wow, you've got you know so many balls in the air that you're juggling." So, how are you ultimately structuring your day and continuing to be as efficient and effective as possible? Well, I think it starts with what we spoke of a little bit earlier: is hire really good people. Um, you know, I, I wish I could sit here and tell you and your listeners that, boy, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. But that's simply not true. Um, If I've done anything well, it's hard. I disagree, but I appreciate that you being humble. (laughs) Well, it's, 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 I, none of us would be where we are without the help of really, really talented people. And so um, every one of these entities that I've had, I've had the luxury from ownership of hiring a GM at each, at each place. So wherever it is, like if I look currently, 
you know, Ryan Snyder is running our, our G League franchise. Tim Holt, who used to be the president of the USL, is now the guy we were able to hire to SSE to run our USL franchise. So when you can have that kind of talent running the day to day, reporting into you, it, boy, it certainly makes life easy. And same when I was in yeah. Philly, all the franchises we had, I, I was just blessed to have some really talented people um, helping. And so I, I think you, once you get that in place and then doing everything you can to support these people, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the inverse pyramid. I work for them. They don't work for me, you know, and so they're the ones on the ground doing all this work. And so when we have the meetings, okay, what can I do to help? What can I do to eliminate red tape? Something's log jammed in finance. Okay, I can make a call to get make that better. Um, you need me to go to a pitch meeting. Great, I'll be there. You know, on game night, hey, can you visit Suite 52? Because there, there's several guests in there that were our prospects. We'd love for you to say if you were. Terrific. Whatever I can do that they think would bring value and help, the answer is always yes. Um, and so, again, hiring those really good people. And then and then accountability is really big in our world. Holding them accountable. Like Huge, they, have, yep. they have key positions. Um, and the accountability isn't just on the P&L. It's what are you doing for our people? How are you engaging those people? How are you how are you helping their mental health? What are you doing to give them a break when it's a real tough grind? And you know, for those people who've been on the baseball side, if you work an eight game homestand and get three days off and then have another six game homestand, I will tell you that is a grind of monumental proportion. <laughs> yes, and so it is. you know, the leader has to be cognizant of of his staff and what things are happening. And so, how can I help that staff? Do I have to okay? half a day on Friday or take them all to lunch or have a happy hour for them. Sure. Easy to do like those type of things. So I, I think, you know, when you have multiple, you know, verticals and properties and then the collaboration, you know, not, I, I do not believe in silos. Um, again, I always ask everybody, please check your ego at the door. Yep. You know, if we need help in the marketing area, let's go to the marketing people. Let's, let's integrate them into what we're trying to do. We're all we're all not experts in every field. So let's fill in our gaps. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And I've always believed that, especially in in these these uh, organizations that have multi properties, multiple teams. There's so much expertise around for for somebody not to take advantage of that great expertise. I think that's a miss. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Frank Maselli, SVP of Revenue and Franchise Operations for Spurs Sports and Entertainment. You know, Frank, we, we talked a lot about the juggling of all the properties, but also, you know, two of your properties you know, with the, the San Antonio Spurs team, the Austin Spurs, same season in the, in the NBA, 
but also in two different locations. Like, so, you know, and with all of that, you're still maintaining a work-life balance and spending time with your family in addition to be involved in the community. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, you, you know, Trav, I, I, there's a little bit of a learning here. Uh, I would say early in my earlier in my career, I was probably not the right poster child for work-life balance. Mistakenly, I, I had it wrong. I actually thought, you know, you 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 had to be the first guy in, the last guy to leave. You had to be at every event, and I can tell you that's taxing when you have nine franchises. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And and I had to learn to trust. Um, the people we've hired to run these franchises. And um, and so, you know, the, I try to teach people that, that it, I was wrong in that time period. And so what I've tried to learn o- over the last few years is whenever you, you know your schedule, you know when you really have to be on and where you have to be. But when you're on, really be present, really be, bring your A game whenever you – so if you have to be there, you have three games in a week and you're going to be at two of those – Make sure you're really present in those two games for your people, for everything. But when you don't have to be in the building, at an event, at a meeting, don't be. Don't, like, find other things to do. Family first. Um, certainly spend the time there. Get yourself a hobby. How do, you, how do you find time to relax? People like to read. People like to exercise. People like to um, do whatever it is they do. Find that outlet because it's really, really important from a recharging standpoint and your mental health to, to when you have to be on to really be on. So, um, you know, again, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky. The Austin uh, franchise, it's only about an hour and a half ride from San Antonio. So I, I'm able to get there. Pretty my, my younger daughter lives in Austin. So I'm able to kill a couple birds. With yeah, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Times. You know, let's go up a little early, go to lunch, go to go to our game, meet the staff, whatever I have to do. So that part of it uh, is usually efficient. Um, but I've learned the hard way, to be honest with everybody, mm-hmm. is um, when you don't have to be. And, 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 you know, it's hard, Travis, because, you know, there's other events in the building and that's exciting. It's fun. It's yep. great to be now. But think about somebody who has three nights to work and then yeah, I'm going to spend two other nights doing something else at the building. Um, you know, when you don't have to be there, get out. Get out. Stay yep. out. Go find something else to do. Be present in your own home, um, both places. So just, like, give yourself the chance to recharge at both places. And and I've been a slow learner at that, to be, to be quite honest with you and your listeners. Um, and, but but I'd say over the last five years, it's it's gotten a lot better for me. And, and, uh, you know, in a great way, I've been able to reconnect a lot better, um, you know, for my own mental health and certainly from my family's perspective of, uh, you know, the whole workaholic thing. And, you know, I, I don't want that to be, you know, what's on my gravestone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, great advice. And and to your point, it's, it's certainly not something easy. A lot of people struggle with it early on, but the the cool thing about it is, again, it's what you can control. So you can find that, that opportunity. And so now going back to the beginning, Frank, you know, you grow up in Philadelphia and I understand you wanted to be a professional athlete growing up. What, uh, what sport? Uh, pick one. I, I, you know, <laughs> all I of the above, doing, right? Well, well, I, you know, I, I was a three sport guy in high school, uh, two sport guy in college. Um, so, but primary baseball, I mean, baseball was my thing. I was able, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to play, uh, in college. So, you know, that was my real go-to, but I, I also loved ice hockey. Um, 
football, I think my size took me out of uh, professional <laughs> professional thought. High school was terrific, great, had a blast. Um, but baseball and hockey were really, really the two I really, really, I, I, I threw everything at. That's got your competitive blood flowing. And so you know, what, what was like maybe an early job that you had you know, growing up or a memory that said, you know what, ultimately when I get to college and in my career, I want to work in sports or I want to work in sales. Did you have an early job you know, as, as you're growing up in Philly? Well, you know, where, where I grew up, I only grew up two blocks from the sports complex in Philly. So I grew up in a tiny little row home in Philadelphia. You know, the office I have at the AT&T Center is bigger than the house I grew up in. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but it gave me the opportunity to be, be down by the sports complex every day. Like yeah. I would ride my bike down there with my friends, wait for autographs, all that type of stuff. Um, but what really drove it for me, Trav, to be honest with you, was I, I went to a dentist appointment when I was like 15 years old. And while I was in the waiting room, there was a Philadelphia magazine. And it was a story on Ed Snyder in that magazine. And it wasn't about the Flyers per se, even though I love the Flyers. I mean, yep. love the Flyers. And, but it was a story about Ed Snyder and his business acumen and how he, he was, you know, everything he touched turned to gold. And, and there was a, a quote in there that I still remember to this day where he said, like they asked him, what's the secret to your success? And he said, you know, I hire good people. I give them the tools to do their job and I let them do their job. Yeah. And I, I, right then and there, Trav, I, I was there. I said, I'm, I want to work for this guy. This is what I want to do. I, I, like that drove it for me. And so, you know, I had, a, I had a summer job every year at the Jersey Shore because we needed money. And, yeah. you know, I wasn't going to get anything unless I worked. And uh, so I did everything you could possibly do on the boardwalk in, yeah. in Atlantic City. And, uh, uh, but it was just, it, it instilled a work ethic that became a means to an end for me. Yep. You know, like everything was driven. How do I get to work for Ed Snyder? Right. Um, and, and, you know, like, you know, the good Lord smiled on me a lot of places on the twists and turns to get there. And uh, I just feel, you know, really fortunate. I, I feel like I've had a garden angel on my shoulder my entire life, like with two great parents, with an incredible college baseball coach who gave me my scholarship and it is a life friend, um, great mentors along the way who looked out for me, um, you know, all, all to this day. I mean, I just feel, you know, like, you know, the, my worst day at the office is another day in paradise. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, blessings beyond belief. And, uh, you know, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. That, that's awesome. No. And so you, you then go on to the University of Scranton. You mentioned you, you play a couple of varsity sports. What were some key learnings playing at the collegiate level that you still apply to your day or that have really instilled into you? Yeah, I think we touched on it a little earlier, you know, teamwork, team play. No one on any team sport, you could be the best star, best this, best that. You know what? You're not going to succeed unless everybody else is doing their job. And so um, that whole um, the, the camaraderie you have, you know, in a lot in the, you know, you think about, yeah, you go play a game, the game lasts two and a half hours, but all the practice that goes into it, all the off season work, you know, you're doing that with your teammates and nobody sees that work and the bonds you build up doing all those things. Well, business is just like that. You know, think about all of us. I think about 80 people that work 80 hours a week to put on a three hour show, right? That right, is what right. we do. 
But think of all that behind-the-scenes stuff that we're all doing to make it work. What are the promotions in place? Are the food and beverage? Are, are, is the mobile ticketing set up? Is the communication to our ticket holders right? Is the parking attendance in good, good speed? Every facet of the customer journey that you have to plan for takes an awful lot of work and yep. collaboration of a lot of people. And so it's the same thing as in a team sport. Yeah, you, 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 you jump in a bus and you go play another team somewhere, that game's two and a half hours. Right. But all the work that went before it. Um, you know, I, I always remember a Bobby Knight quote where he said, everyone has the will to succeed, but few have the will to prepare to succeed. It's and it's all, in that, it's all in that preparation, whether it's team, academics, or business. If yep. you're not willing to put in the time and effort collectively, together, as a unit – you're not going to have the success. And so, you know, I, I look at athletics as such a great, um, you know, analogy to business. There's so many similarities. And, uh, yeah, again, I feel very, very lucky to have played the, the sports I did. And the learnings were just great, you know. And, and, you know, the earliest learning, I would say, probably is just it's not about you. I'll tell you that. It's not about you. And so that's still a learning I try to implement each and every day. Well, that's awesome, and, and you know, Frank, you know, congrats on all your success. I'm sure you're still you still can be pretty athletic and still play quite a bit. But you you end up saying deciding that you know what I'm not going professional. I'm going to start my career in this business, and you you then go on to Comcast Specter, um, you know, that we've talked a little bit about, and you ultimately become you know you start working for the Flyers, become the chief operating officer of the Phantoms of the AHL, as well as the vice president of minor league operations, uh, you know, for all three minor league baseball teams, which you talked about, you know, the purchase of that and then you know to top it off the chief operating officer of the Philadelphia Wings in the NLL so you obviously in your time there wore a lot of different hats a lot of different responsibility what were some of your best memories you know from your time there well uh, going back to my very first interview uh, I was I was so scared and nervous to meet Ed Snyder um, you know I and and I when I did get to meet him he was uh, the, the kindest, smartest, uh, scariest guy <laughs> I, I had ever met. And, you know, once he gave his blessings and turned the decision over to Peter Luco to hire me, um, from that day on, you know, Peter became my boss, my mentor, uh, one of my best friends. Um, for 18 years, I reported to Peter. And um, I can tell you, I, I think back to so many things that we did together you know, if I had to pick one, the, the, the planning and opening of what's now the Wells Fargo Center in 1996, but the whole lead up, the, the two year lead up to building that, um, just, you know, A, to have um, a seat at the table. You know, Peter gave me so many opportunities and, and responsibilities. All, all, everything you just named all happened because Peter and Ed Snyder had belief uh, in me. They had, they had more. Uh, belief in my abilities than I had, to be honest with you, back then. And, you know, they just gave me opportunity and yep. let me do things. And, um, you know, certainly course corrected me when I was kind of going off the beaten path. I was going to say, I'm sure there were some bumps along the way, but you found oh. a way to still be successful, to say the least, right? Oh, man, I I add up every failure your listeners had, times it by 10, and that's me. <laughs> um, I, I, we, I tried a lot of stuff. I was kind of that guy willing to take all these risks and do this stuff. 
And you know what? We, we failed quite a bit, um, but there were great learnings in those failures and it led to some really, really good things. And, you know, Peter, Peter was that entrepreneurial spirit. He put that in us. He liked people to take chances. He liked people that were, would, you know, kind of put their neck on the line, so to speak, and, and just go for it. And he supported that. And without that, um, I can tell you it, it, no one would be where they are without having a leader like that, a mentor like that, because it gives you confidence that even when you fail, okay, I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to, you know, you know, take that beating. And, and it was just the opposite, you know, like, Hey, let's celebrate this failure because this is going to lead us to some really good innovations. And, you know, certainly when the phantoms came along, you know, everybody was writing the death of, it was the worst idea you know, how could you put a AHL team 100 yards across the parking lot from an NHL team? Everyone was telling Ed Snyder it's the worst idea he ever had. Of course. And, and Ed Snyder, you know, once again proved the smartest guy in the room. And it, it was an incredible success. Um, you know, one of the best stories in minor league sports. And, and again, it's certainly not because of me. It was because of the, the Comcast Spectacore machine. You know, Peter, Peter opened up everything uh, for me to have. And so – when I think back to, you know, the Mark Denardos and Bob Schwartz's and uh, Ike Richmond's and Todd Glickman's who, you know, these are people who are really, really talented people in their own right. But without their help each and every week, we wouldn't have had the same success. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I get a lot of those accolades, but it, honestly, it was because of the team that everybody chipped in. Everybody was excited about having this. Everybody was excited about proving the media wrong. Like it was, it was kind of, we had a chip on our shoulder, like let's go prove the world wrong. And, and when you have that passion and drive and community work together, I I mean, you just can't get beat. You won't get beat. And, and so I think those days and um, just the, the people I worked with for 18 years in, in all facets, just some, some incredible people, friends for life. Right. Now, and Frank, this this has been an awesome story, you know, to your point of not only working for nine different, you know, leagues and franchises, but only in, you know, two cities. Uh, your hometown, Philadelphia, you spent 18 years, 12 plus years now in San Antonio. What a great story. Certainly appreciate all the advice. So to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Uh, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll crush it. So if you have to sing a song for karaoke, what song are you choosing? Oh man, um, oof. I, I, probably oof. maybe Bob Seger, Turn the Page, All right. uh, Pearl Jam, Better Man, or Springsteen's 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I guess maybe lucky for you, we're running short on time, so I won't have you sing them, but we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. God. <laughs> you, you lose your pod, podcast listeners. <laughs> so now you know, next on the list is you, you end up having your late-night talk show, your own late-night talk show. Who do you invite as your first guest? Aside from Travis Apple, I mean. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. I would probably pick a guy like Malcolm Gladwell. That's what okay. I would pick. Great. I love the way his mind works. Yeah, absolutely. And so now, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, surrounding yourself with people, you being very efficient, you spending so much time doing everything, but you you have developed a little bit of work-life balance. So with that, what was the last thing on your bucket list that you've completed? Yeah, I went skydiving. Um, my, my daughter did it first, and then she got me a, uh, a gift certificate to go skydiving, um, uh, which I, has been on my bucket list for ages. 
And uh, it was an incredible experience. I can't wait to go do it again. That's that was what I was going to ask. Would you do it again? Oh, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I, I, like, I, I loved it. It was so much fun. It was That's really, awesome. really great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Frank, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, you know, the, I guess the first thing would be, you know, to get noticed in your current in your whatever job you're doing is the best way to do that is do a great job with what you're currently being tasked to do, whatever that is. You know, that's how you'll get noticed from that standpoint. I think the other thing is, you know, I, I learned this from David Stern, listening to him is sweat the small stuff. Details matter. They really, really matter. Um, and I guess the third thing is give back. Um, we, we are fortunate enough to be part of the richest 1% in the world. And we have so many blessings. Um, you know, we're not worrying about where our next meal is coming from. We have a roof over our head every day. And uh, there's so many people that don't have that. Um, and so whenever you get that opportunity to give back to others, um, it certainly puts a smile on your face doing it. Absolutely. And Frank, you know, we appreciate you, you know, on behalf of all the listeners of 52 Weeks also giving back, you know, all of your knowledge, your time today. I certainly know it's, it's crazy, but, you know, couldn't agree more with your takeaways. You know, do your job, you know, dominate your day. Uh, you know, details do matter uh, and continue to give back in every different way. So again, Frank, thank you so much. I appreciate our friendship, great career journey you've had, and, and certainly I appreciate your time and expertise. Travis, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you can. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.